Hi, my friends. I do this work with all my heart for you. So please contribute generously to Future Primitive. Hi, my friends who listen to Future Primitive. It's truly a joy for me to be on the phone today with Tim Freak. Tim is an internationally respected authority on world spirituality. He is the author of over 30 books that have established his reputation as a scholar and free thinker. He became well-known for his groundbreaking work on Christian Gnosticism with his close friend Peter Gandhi, including The Jesus Mysteries, which was at the top 10 bestsellers in the UK and the USA, and a book of the year in the UK Daily Telegraph. In his latest book, The Mystery Experience, Tim presents a revolutionary approach to spirituality. Tim runs mystery experience retreats throughout the world in which he guides people directly to an experience of oneness and all-embracing love that naturally arises in the deep awake state. So Tim, I, um, I was feeling and thinking that today I would very much like to talk about your touring and talk about your encounters and relationships with people in this awakening and talk about how love is spreading. Oh, that sounds like a nice thing to talk about, Joanna. Well, that's, that's certainly, I guess, you know, in the middle of it all, although I, 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 you know, I am a philosopher and I love ideas and and, uh, you know, I, I, I spend a long time with ideas. The thing which really makes me do what I do is the love. And the place, whenever I go and run, especially my mystery experience retreats that you were just talking about, the, the place we end up is just love. And, and when, when you get the reactions from people, that's the thing that people are talking about. Oh, my goodness, the love. It's so tangible. It's so strong. It's so encompassing. It's so in the body, you know, it's not an abstract thing. It's so real. Yep. It's like the Marmite on the toast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, but unlike Marmite, which has a reputation for you either love it or hate it, yeah, exactly. I can't find anyone who doesn't love this big love. There's something about this expansive love that I've never met a human being yet but when they when they go into it, when they find that deep safety of that big experience of expansive love, uh, it feels like home. I think for all of us, it just it, you melt and you feel yourself. You feel able to be yourself, and it's such a lovely thing to do, and it's such a lovely thing to witness happening for others because there's an immense, it builds a, a great faith in life. There's a, there's an immense confidence that comes from it but not a kind of superficial faith in just in dogmas, but a, a faith in, in existence, which comes from that love, and only from that love, I think. Oh, I love that. A great confidence comes with love. That is so beautiful, because uh, that's my practice. That's my daily practice, is to go around and play and love people and <laughs> create the intimacy that makes life so worthwhile. So tell us how you play with intimacy. Well, it's, it's the very center of what I do. I mean, I've just come back from Tokyo um, doing a retreat there, and then all, straight after that, we had a retreat here. So last weekend, we had a retreat where I live in Glastonbury in the UK. And, you know, we had... 30-something people who had you know, most of, some of, a handful of had been before and, and been with me before, maybe five or six, and everyone else was, had come for the first time. Some had no idea why they were there. They just ended up there through synchronicities. Some had um, read books, 
Um, and all, I think, were a little bit nervous, and as people are when they arrive at a new thing. And within such a short period, uh, it, I just, it, you know, we were able to dissolve into this love. So that by the end, on a Sunday, just the level of connection and the 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 ease of um, the expansive feeling. The, and the, the way that, we, that I work with it is, as you said, to build intimacy. So what I, what I, the, the very centre is what I call eye-to-eye connecting exercises. So there is philosophy and, and there is teachings that go with this. But the fundamental thing I'm doing is getting people to connect from their deepest being to another human being's deepest being. The place where if you go deeply enough, we're so, um, it's so deep there's one of us. And you can experience that profound sense of communion or connection or oneness. And the way I do that is just to get people to connect through the senses, because we're doing the senses already. We're already looking at each other, listening to each other, you know, connecting with each other with touch. So I will get people to to sit and to invite in the gaze of the person who they're with, um, and. I'll often put something, you know, create a really safe space for people to do that in, make it very comfortable, put some some music on, because music's really magic, changes consciousness, and let people just sit with that for um, some time, a short time, but it only takes a short time. And once people have got over the initial sense of, oh, we don't do this with each other much, or this is a bit embarrassing, or it's a bit funny, uh, or giggly, very soon few seconds, you know, a few minutes, people, that just calms down, and suddenly there's this incredible connection and safety and beauty, and you just feel like you're you're being seen, and, and you're seeing another human being, and that person may be much older than you, or much younger, they may be the same sex, they may be a different sex, uh, they may be from a different country, uh, they may be, you know, a, a very different type of person, but it doesn't make any difference. You can connect through all of that from eye, deep eye, to deep eye. And when you do, what naturally emerges is this connection and love. And so if you do that deeply enough, and you do that, what we do in the retreats is we build up to doing that in a big way, in a special ceremony. It just takes the top of your head off, and your heart comes right out, and you just, and everybody, I mean, without exception, uh, in my experience, you know, the vast majority of people suddenly find themselves in an utterly different state of consciousness, feeling truly alive, maybe for the first time ever, um, or reconnecting with that deeper aliveness they may have experienced once or twice in their in their journey, and that fuels you up so that when you when you go back into your everyday story, you're seeing it in a whole new way. You're seeing each other in a whole new way. You're seeing yourself in a whole new way, and you have this alive enlivenment. You have this sensual enlivenment to take out into the world. Uh, how do people um, take this into their lives? Uh, what about what I call the Monday, the Monday morning mm-hmm. experience? Meaning, <laughs> yeah. What I what I'm trying to articulate now with my with what I'm doing is something I'm calling the deeper awake life, with the idea that it's that it's a phrase which encompasses this whole. Um, paralogical, as I call it, approach to life. And paralogical is a word I coined to to really talk about how we need to think about things in paradoxes. So one of the paradoxes about life is that life is incredibly ecstatic and beautiful and amazing, and it's also very mundane and can grind you down and, and become very black and white. And we all experience both. Now, what I feel, there's a, there's a lovely line by um, a friend of mine, Thomas More. Mm-hmm. The who wrote Care for the Soul. Yes, um, you know Thomas. Yes. and and uh, and he there's a line in one of his books which I love, and it said, "The soul has an absolute, and unforgiving need for regular excursions into enchantment." Mm. Isn't that great? I love that because that's my experience. Is that the reason that it goes? The reason we have that whole you, 
you can really let go into the mystery and, and, and into the ecstasy of being. So we need that. Then, of course, as you say, we go back to the day-to-day. So, but when you come back to it, then I think it's easier to see through it. And, and because, I'm, because I'm not of the school which goes, there's one state we should inhabit all the time, mm-hmm. I feel like we need to move fluidly between states so that once you've done that, then it's like, okay, right now I need to come back and engage with the practicalities of life and see that they have their own sort of magic to it. It's not the same as the deep enchantment. It's a different thing, but it's also part of the journey. And so the deep awake life, for me, encompasses all of that. So what happens is you don't fall asleep into one state. So, you, so that although you walk through the, the practicalities of life, you don't get lost in them. You can still remember the other side of life. So you can still see the mystery. You can still see the mystery yeah. through the necessity. Well, does that, does that, does that make sense to you? Uh, beautiful. And I'll, I'll share with you what it evokes for me mm-hmm. is um, when I have, um, outside this country, of course, when I have a medicinal plant experience, um, I absolutely I'm I'm given I'm offered I'm I'm absolutely uh, gratefully gifted with this the enchantment with the awareness of the enchantment of my soul, and uh, it's like an explorer who uh, uh, the explorer who. Uh, who who discovered the the Victoria Falls, for instance? I mean, when he came back, he had a different looking from his eyes. So, although the experience for me with medicinal plants drops, it becomes less intense. When I come back from my exploration, there is this enchantment in the back of my eyes. So would you say that um, that experiencing uh, big love in your workshop or otherwise, uh, great enchantment, just stays in and colors your entire being? Yes, I mean, one of the things, uh, exactly, exactly the same. Funnily enough, we, uh, I mean, we had somebody who came, didn't know what the, didn't know what I was doing at all, had no knowledge of my work, but had come through ayahuasca and um, was intrigued because she said it sounded like I could take people to a similar place, but without the ayahuasca. And, and whilst it's not the same by any means, there is something the same. The profundity and the depth of the experience is the same. And in that same way that you've described, what's been lovely for me, and it's my, one of my favorite moments in the process that I take people through, is that, is that after people go home, so now they went home on, on Sunday nights, we're now whatever it is, Thursday, and in between that time, I step back and I just watch as people connect with each other via email and other things. And, and I, I often see the communications because they, they go around to everybody and just start watching. Oh, this is what people, oh, I've got home, but now it looks like this. I'm doing my work, but mm-hmm. people are saying this. And you can see that a shift has happened. Yes. Um, and, and something has moved that will always be there now. Now, that doesn't mean that life will always be easy and there'll always be a way. Of course, that's, we're all moving between things all the time. But we also, I think all of us know, that you can have seminal experiences from which you carry something forever. And my hope is to provide that, because I think we need those seminal experiences. Yes, the discovery, discovery and exploration. Discovery, yes. exactly. Yes. You know, and, and, and there is a sense in which, you know, we all forget. But my, my, I have a deep conviction, I think, which has been with me since I first had my awakening, you know, when I was very young, many decades ago, is I think once you see it, you may forget, but you will remember again. You will. You know, you, once you know, you know. Once you find that gnosis, that deep knowing of something, something which is so deep, it's before words, something to be felt, not thought. Something, some some deep sense of what life is, which gives this confidence, this reassurance, this safety, and this love, I, I think it will pull you back to it. You know, my, I have that deep um, belief in it, that it will pull, pull you back to it. So that's why I want to share it with people, give them a deep experience of it, because my sense is that once they've had that, it will come back. It, you know, they will find their way back to it over and over again until it becomes more familiar.
I, I want to go back for an instant to the um, ayahuasca sort of comparison in a way that this person yeah. brought to your workshop. Um, what, I, what I've seen in, uh, in ayahuasca circles is that some people indeed experience the ecstasy and uh, the uh, enlightening the, of the soul, but others experience uh, in the limpia, in the cleaning, in the um, in the healing experience, great shame and and sadness and pain and grief. Does that happen in your workshops? Does that happen on yeah, the way? I mean, I, not as dramatically, I think, as it can happen with ayahuasca. I mean, ayahuasca, in my experience of it and watching other people with it, is you know, it can be quite, you know, it's, it's a full on thing in a different way, in a, in a very physical way as well. I mean, people people don't vomit during my weekend, my, my, my retreats, for instance. Are you sure? They, well, not that I know, but what does definitely... <laughs> it's not a purge in that way. But, but, you, but, but it really, you know, I, but, but for me, you know, I have this, this, this phrase I love, which is, which is, it kind of underlies my work, which is every, every heart assured of safety opens instantly. And so the center of what I do is to create a very safe space where people can be all that they are. So that means embracing both their humanity and their divinity, their depths, both the place where we're one and the place where we're separate. And if I can create that safety and, 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 that's, and I can do that, I know I can do that for people, then it also gives you the safety to go through a process. So along the way, some people just want to step straight into the love. Other people find they go through sadness or go through um, um, things which are inside them which they need to release to, to feel comfortable in being themselves. Some people feel quite intimidated at certain points and feel like, can I do it? And then they do, and they feel great. Some people will actually step out from certain parts of the process, and, and I'm fine with that because I don't, you know, I'm not, like, there's no pressure. There's no, you know, when if someone goes, like, I don't want to do this, it's like, that's great. There's no pressure from me or the group, and then they'll come back in at the perfect time, and then they'll carry on the journey in their own way. And so people go through an awful lot of that cleansing, which we, which is, is integral, I think, to the awakening process, uh, but in a very natural way, in a very unforced way. Um, and in, in the process is not like ayahuasca in that way. You know, it's not, not physical. And it's not, there's, you know, ayahuasca I associate with, you know, visions and, and uh, right. a, a real shamanic experience. Mm. What I'm doing is, hasn't got that so much, it's, but it has got the love. In, in that way, it's very visceral and it's very, it has the same power to that you just as well, the great thing about ayahuasca is you you know you've had an experience <laughs> you didn't go along and go eh, nothing much happened for me you know you you will have a powerful experience yeah. and i think pretty much i can say the same about the mystery experience retreat is that people come and they don't imagine just what a powerful experience it will be and when they go they're just delighted because they they know they've they've really had something which they can remember and which will be an important moment for them a thought that came to me to, today when uh, I was with you before being with you was it's interesting in your in the experience that one can have with you is uh, uh, you don't need to bottom out to find love. Yeah, lovely, beautifully put, yeah, Joanna. Yeah, yeah. My, 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 my. For me, you know. Since I've been a little boy, it's been about love because the first waking up I had was this waking up to, oh my God, the universe is full of love, and and I did and I lost it, of course, and I found it and lost it, and I, and until it's become my friend, I know that place now, and I can take others to it because I've I've spent so long there, and it's just natural, it's just there waiting for us. Now we, you know, life will will pick us up by the scruff of the neck and throw us into all sorts of things, and it does that with me just like it does everyone else. And that's the process through which we are, I think it's the process through which we are formed, actually, through which our soul is being formed by being thrown between these opposites. I think we're in a process of soul formation here. Mm. And these experiences form us, and we need them. But the love is, is always there, and we need to keep coming back to it and back to it. And it needs to become, in my view, the, 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 the ground 
it, the love is something which can embrace the joy and the suffering of life. The love was there for me this weekend when it was, was, was sweet and ecstatic, but it was also there a year ago when I was sitting with my dying mother. Mm-hmm. And it was desperate yes. and sad and heartbreaking. Yes. Uh, the love was still there. The love could hold both of those. It didn't, it's not just about the sweet. It's, this, love, this love is deep and strong and can hold the suffering as well. It's, it, it's poignant love. It's bittersweet love. And that's, that's the love I'm interested in. I, I, I feel we're so fortunate to remember the love from which we come and yeah. that you can midwife that remembering or yeah. mid-husband. Yes. That, I, I can speak about it because I've experienced your... Um, I've experienced a day workshop, play shop with right. you and um, the... Uh, it's like uh, uh, this film. Uh, what was this film called? Going into the mind of uh, uh, who was this actor? It was. It was the John Malkovich. Yeah, the John Malkovich. Exactly. The mind. Uh, what was it called? The mind of John Malkovich. Well, John Malkovich. Being John Malkovich. But that's what I felt that you do. Being love. You know, just going yeah. through that tunnel whatever tunnel it is and zoom there you are and it's so yeah. joyful to uh, yeah. to be to feel the safety to love other people yeah i think that that's the moment there's a one of my favorite moments also in the retreat and it happened for sure the one i've just done is you can see that especially when we on the saturday night we do this it's a ceremony, I guess. We create a beautiful space. It's, it's kind of like entering fairyland. It's a lovely feeling. And, uh, and, we, and you're going to connect with a lot of people. And, it, and, it, you know, and even saying, I'm nervous, because when people hear that, they think, oh, God, that'll be too much. Yeah. And even when people are preparing, sometimes they think that. But actually... You know, the difficult thing is getting people to stop. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. They're more sure to just keep going and keep going because it feels so good and so safe and so natural and so right. And you can see this moment where people look around the room and they look at all these people. And when you, you know, when you, know, what it's, you, know, when you arrive in a group of people, they're all strangers, they all look yeah. a bit strange. And, and then to look around the room and, and see every single person is beautiful that you can look and, and think, oh my God, there's so, there's so much beauty in every single one of these people, all these different shapes and sizes and ages. And then at a certain moment, there's a little twist where people realize that the other people are looking at them and seeing that same beauty in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, I think, is the moment. And then there's a chance to look at yourself and go, oh God, that beauty I'm seeing in everyone else, that's in me. I'm also beautiful. Mm. And that is something we need to know. You know, there's lots about us which isn't beautiful. But it's good to know that that essence, that, that thing you see when you look in a baby's eyes, that thing which has been looking from the first look all the way through to the last look, that really deep thing, is utterly beautiful and innocent and pure. And that's still in every one of us. And we can find it in each other and encourage it to come forth. And it's a beautiful thing to do to each other, to encourage that to come forth. Yeah, that, uh, that thing that is elsewhere after we die, or, yeah. a, or yeah. elsewhere. Yes. Yes, uh, yeah, the thing, the thing I think which is, which is a, you know, it's, a, it's part of us so deep that it, it never... Well, w- w- one of the things I love, you know, on the philosophy side, Joanna, as you, as you know, is to, is to say to people, you know, when you look in someone's eyes, for instance... What you're connecting with, you can't see. You're connecting with conscious being looking back at you. But conscious being, you can see a face, but you don't see the eye that's looking back at you. That has no form. It has no shape. It has no color. You you can't touch it. You can't hear it. But you know it's there when you look in someone's eyes or indeed when you listen to their voice like we're doing now. Mm -hmm. You're connecting through the forms to something which actually isn't in the forms and that's that deep thing which is which does transcend life and death because it's it's not here it's it's not in this it's not in this it's something which is beyond this 
and it's right there and we we're touching it in each other all the time without noticing it and 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 what i do is i just sit people down and say hey pay attention to it yeah. don't just meditate on it in yourself meditate on it in somebody else and see what happens and what happens is you enter a completely different state of consciousness that um that eye behind the eye that is creating playing with creating form constantly yes and the and the other thing which is which is kind of a i mean actually is is a kind of interesting comparison with the ayahuasca okay um and the person who did the ayahuasca certainly had this on the retreat is that the other thing which happens is if you sit down um i'm concentrating here on the gazing but we don't just do gazing we do all sorts of other things too as you know but the but let's just keep with the gazing because it's nice and simple to to grasp but so you're sitting down in your you know and you're inviting in someone and you're connecting through the forms essence to essence so you're connecting with something you can't see through the looking all of that paradox and what happens is that the forms change very quickly lots of people experience you're looking at someone's face and he's you know you you may be looking at a 70 year old man and suddenly he's a little boy uh-huh. or it just starts vibrating until it's all just you know you may see you know just light or a skull or an image or it's you, you know all the, suddenly the forms which were so rigid start to morph in front of you and you see that that they're not as rigid as they seem you enter a different state with them and then like with ayahuasca where the the images of life are become translucent and start having a life of their own and not being so fixed you can enter that quite naturally just by paying attention to it um tim how could a person who is not a psychonaut let's say feel safe with the form changing in this way a nice present in every way and in every sense of the word. (laughs) So, Tim, I'm curious about um, when when I feel this big love, it's not related to any religion at all. Mm -hmm. How do you see that manifesting in people? Do they... Do they do people apply this love to the belief systems they um, that are in their lives, or can they detach from the belief systems and just uh, feel it as it is? Most of the people that, who 
who come to my events, I would say, have, are, not, are, are able to just take it as it is. See it as something which is human, something which is natural, and, prob- and, and can understand uh, I, you know, what, I, what I teach, certainly, because it's what my experience is that this is a human or a natural experience which underlies the essence of all religion and all spirituality. So it's a perennial, you know, at their depth, all religious traditions are human beings like you and me, living at different times in different places, speaking different languages, trying to describe what it feels like to wake up to oneness and big love, Mm -hmm. to wake up to something very deep within them, and then to try and bring that oneness and that love into the world. Mm -hmm. And all of these different vocabularies and philosophies are, are... are failed attempts to do that and and mine is a modern failed attempt to do that and I do my best to, to say the same thing in a new language yes um, and that and 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 I and I'll be replaced you know very soon by other people in the next generation and the next generation and on and on we go so that we don't need to, we can the great thing I feel about our time is it's is is all these spiritual traditions are available to us and we can really pick and choose and I love that I mean I love I mean, I've written books, so many books on all these different traditions, and now I stand back and I think, yeah, I really like, I love the, 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 the longing and the poetry of the Sufis, that relationship with the beloved. I really get that. I love that. I love that. But I also love the, that kind of incisiveness of Zen, that, oh, that seeing through. I love that. And I love the, the emphasis on nature and of, and of the flow of things that you find in Taoism and that, that great understanding of yin and yang. I love that, you know. And, and I, love the, I love the emphasis on love in Christianity. Oh, that's brilliant. I, I really get that. And so on and so on. Through all the different traditions, they all have... I love the earthiness of shamanism. And, you know, and, and, and like with ayahuasca, that whole shamanic, ooh, sort of grit and, 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 and down-to-earthness and, mm-hmm. and the, the sensualness of, the, of those traditions. And, and, and they all bring something, and I feel like, how lucky am I? I can just go, yeah, I love all of it. And, I, and, and, in, and in different moods, I want that. Or no, I don't want that today, I want a bit of that. And, and why not? They're all my tradition, because I'm a human being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they're all mine. I don't, I don't have to think they belong to somebody else. They all belong to me, and they all belong to you, because... These are other human beings like us who've gone before us and sent us these messages forward in time. And all these belief systems and stories have uh, have merged inside of us and are part of who we are. Yes. In our story. Yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely they are. And, and that's great that we have them all inside of us. And one of the great things about having the chance to study them is you can see how rich they are and what a tapestry. And everything I'm doing is really merging like, quite naturally from that, from all the things, all the strands that have made up my life. And, and that's why I offer back to people uh, is, oh, look, you know, this is what emerges from all of that coming together, that eclecticism. Um, and, and there's something freeing about it, but, but it's also, you know, it's also questioning because when I say I pick and choose, there's some things I don't choose to take with me. You know, I don't want to take the gnashing of teeth from the New Testament, but I will take love your enemies, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't want uh, um, things, there's things we need to leave behind. You didn't there's mention Islam. You didn't mention Islam as you were, as you were mentioning different uh, disciplines or belief systems. You didn't mention Islam. Sufi, but Sufi. yeah, Sufi, but isn't is isn't Sufi a branch of Islam? Yeah, but well, they're all branches. I mean, you know, yeah. the the, okay. the the Christianity that I relate to is not the fundamentalism of the you know, America, modern America, for instance, or or even of the Catholic Church. You know, there's there's all these religions have got sides to them which I find really quite horrendous. Yes, and then at the center you'll find this beautiful pearl, yeah. um, which has got something has got something beautiful in it and and we need to choose the pearl and leave the rest or as i say in one of my books you know we keep the baby but dump the bathwater mm-hmm. mm. so i have a an intimate question for you um, mm, okay. as you shared your um your mother died last year and mm-hmm. uh, she was uh, fortunate to have you at her, at her best at her best side at her bedside <laughs> I'd like to have you at my bedside when I'm dying, so you can remind me. Um, how 
how has your relationship with your mother and your mother in particular, how has she survived death? I need to say that you know my 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 people often ask me who are your great teachers Tim you know was it some guru or this and that and I've had loads of great teachers but my teacher the greatest teacher without a shadow of a doubt for me was my mum mm-hmm. because although she wasn't really interested in any of this and didn't really you know, wasn't didn't see herself as particularly spiritual or any of it. She was a living embodiment of love. She was just one of those women who just was awake and everyone could see it. It was just natural to her. She didn't try. She just did it. And and it was so obvious to everybody. And the older she got, the more like a little girl she became. And and yet she was a wise old lady at the same time. So I was very, very fortunate to have her as my mother. and, And she had a profound effect on me just by... Not by teaching me anything, but just by showing me mm-hmm. how to be, and uh, and I aspire to to be like her. As I get older, I aspire that I might might gain that same level of embodied love and wisdom to to give myself away in that natural and unassuming way that she did. And then there I was sitting by her while she was dying, and and that was a huge experience, as anyone who's been through it knows. Um, and was both heartbreaking and also strangely beautiful, and all of that at once, and, and that love and connection, and yet also the loss, and all, all of those polarities and paradoxes, feeling opposites all the time. Uh, but I did have the experience of, um, a very profound experience of, uh, quite unexpectedly, um, sometime after her death, of connecting with her, but but in a very by fe- a feeling of what I what I experienced was actually uh, a, a sense of moving to a different um, level or a different dimension of my own experience, and connecting with my mum. But what I the way that I experienced that was that there was a being far greater than my mum, which contained my mum. Mm. Um, and the sense was that there was a being far greater than me that contained him. So that what I felt I met was more like the being that had dreamed the dream of my mum, or the be- you know like the author of the story of my mum. The amount, and and, it, and yet my mum was right there. It was very much it was, she was everything about her, and all of the things we'd experienced felt they were present. That there was there was like a like like no, nothing had been lost. Everything was there. And we could move between all of those, not just like memories, but like the past itself was present. And it was an incredibly beautiful and reassuring feeling. Um, and I, I, I don't fully understand it, but it was extraordinary. And, and you know, people are intrigued by that. They, you, know, go to, you can go out on YouTube and Google my name and my mum, and you can see that I, I was so, it was so, I knew, I knew that it was such a profound experience that I would lose it because it was it was a new it was unfamiliar and with unfamiliar things we often lose them so very wisely I have to say for myself I was mm-hmm. very pleased I did it mm-hmm. I, I straight away um, the next day mm-hmm. I sat down with a camera and just reported it to myself so I wouldn't forget mm-hmm. and so many people were moved by it that I actually put it on YouTube so that people could um, hear it themselves and and I and I'm so pleased I did because when I go back to it myself it reawakens in me oh yeah because it's so easy to forget these experiences that we have. They become stories and you forget what it felt like. But by looking back at the video on YouTube, I can reconnect with, oh, yeah, that's how it felt. And it was a, very important for me. And these things, I think, you know, it's not uncommon in different ways for people to connect with their loved ones. And it, it, we need it. We need that. Yeah. It's, um, love, is, love is like music. back to I'm asking now the philosopher and uh, the researcher and 
The Little Prince. I think of you on that hill at your awakening with your with your dog, eight years old, was it? Yeah, uh, twelve. Twelve. I think of you as uh, as the little prince. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love it, yes. Yes, as a figure I love. And now I'm so much into um, into feeling the love and the tenderness of that moment that uh, I'm at a loss for a question. Yes, yes. <sighs> How lovely. Soul, soul. You've been researching. You're one of our philosophers. What is the soul? What is this soul thing that keeps coming up more and more? It is a, it is a word that's become more and more, more and more important for me. I, you know, I, I, the initial part of my journey when I, as a teacher was about oneness, about waking people up to oneness. And then that kind of moved through and it felt like, yeah, I want to do waking people up to oneness, but I actually want to ground it in our separateness. And I want people to feel empowered as separate individuals. And that very much is what I've been doing um, uh, ever since. And there's a real sense of, oh, yeah, well, there's a oneness. And then you wake up as a someone. And then the new thing which is working through me now is I'm working on a book at the moment called Soul Formation, The mm -hmm. Meaning of Life, because I feel there's something that, that I don't resonate with those spiritual traditions which go that life is uh, a kind of meaningless illusion. Uh, and I don't resonate with the scientific view that's sometimes put forward that you know, life's an accident and we're just monkeys clinging to a rock hurtling through space for no particular reason on the way to emptiness. <laughs> Uh, to me, it feels like when I, the deeper I go, the more it feels this is important. What we're doing here is full of meaning. And the, the essential meaning that I want to explore is that it feels that, that, that soul, and, and by soul I don't mean a kind of spooky thing in your head that comes out when you die. I mean the thing I met with, when I met my mum, which was actually experience, a flow of experience. A stream, a soul stream, I think of it as. A stream of experience, which is happening right now. This, this dream that I'm having, if this, this particular, this particular um, flow of experience that's being witnessed by consciousness is what psyche. That's what the ancients meant by soul. And that as we experience more, we become formed. And the soul expands. It contains more. It contains more past. Mm -hmm. And the more past it contains, the more it comes into form. And the more it comes into form, the more conscious it becomes. And the more it can explore the depths of life and, uh, and beyond life, between lives. And, and the, 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 this, this process we're in is, is not just one of finding who we already were, not just, back, just coming back to our essence, which is always there. It is about that. But mm -hmm. it's also about bringing our coming into form and forming ourselves like some fabulous work of art that we, we, are, we become, we self-create through the process of making the journey of life and many lives. So the soul is the real interstellar traveler. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the interesting thing, once you've got the oneness, once you really know the oneness, the interesting thing is what makes us unique. And what makes us unique is the experiences we've had. That's the thing which makes us unique. And that's what makes soul or psyche, the things that we're experiencing. And that flow of experience is in unfolding, and it's unfolding right now. You know, one of the things I, that strikes me when I look at the moment is that right now there's a stream of experience, a stream of soul, and it's it's the past becoming the possible, meeting the possible. That's one of the great paradoxes. This moment, this present moment, is the past and the possible. It's where they coexist, which means that every moment must contain all of the past. It must arise from the past, and yet it's a new moment. It also is the possible. It's creative. It's something else. And the more the conscious I become, the more of the possible I see, the fresher the moment becomes. And the, the less I see that, the more repetitive it is. And the, so 
so that this process of soul formation is one in which I'm waking up to ever new possibilities. And the, and the, the part of what I do with the mystery experience is to give people such a big dose of waking up to the possible that they can enter that process of soul formation more consciously living a deep awake life and really make the most of this journey so that we don't arrive at our deathbed and think, what, what, what was that about? I missed the whole show. Well, that's it, uh, Tim Freak, is I can trust feeling, seeing the oneness with you because I, I know how much you respect the, uh, the, the drop in the ocean that we are. I love that 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 Kabir uh, all know that the drop merges into the ocean, but few know that the ocean merges into the drop, and that's the oh, part. That. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's you, beautiful. That's the part that's of your work that allows me to experience the oneness through my your humanity. Yeah. And, the, and, and what I, I love this sense that the journey ends up bringing you back to where you started. And as T.S. Eliot says, you know the place for the first time. That's right. So I find myself coming back to the human journey that I've always been on and now feeling like, oh, this is really important. This really matters in a really, not in a heavy way, but in an exciting way. This is an adventure. This is a soul adventure. And... How wonderful. And everything that happens, you know, whether it's the ecstasy of last weekend's retreat or the heartbreak of my mum's death, mm. through that poignancy and those, I'm stretched between those poles and I'm stretched into existence and I'm richer for all of them because they all inform my, me, my soul. They all, they all inform what I am. And, and, and in that process, I am created. And that creation is what I want, and it's what the universe wants. It's what the oneness wants. The oneness wants to be many. The oneness wants to be someone's, conscious someone's. And we are those conscious someone's on that journey, struggling to, 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 to bring our heads above the surface and see new things, to enter deeper levels of possibility. And whenever we do that, we love it. We love that we see another level of life because that's when we come alive oh to be the drop on the face of the swimmer as she emerges from the ocean (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. beautiful (laughs) yeah the drop that falls from the eyelash of the swimmer (laughs) that's such a beautiful image you inspired it Tim um, I think the moment has come where uh, will you um, tell us some of the dates of your mystery experience workshops so that those yeah. who would like to apply can either travel where you are or uh, come from where they are? Well, if, if, first of all, the place to find out information is on my website, which you, if you go to just timfreak.com, or themysteryexperience.com. They will both lead you to the same place. You can Google my name because it's such a strange name. Mm-hmm. As long as you spell it F-R-E-K-E, you'll find me. Mm-hmm. And there you'll find the dates. And what's really exciting to me is I'm coming back to the United States very soon, right. May the 8th uh, weekend, 8th to the 10th. It's in, a, it's in Las Vegas, which I, I love. I've been there before. It's not in some flash hotel. It's, it'll be in uh, a private, private house, lovely woman, has uh, invited me there with a, with a lovely house to, to do this in. Funnily enough, she's someone who's very much involved with the shamanic ayahuasca tradition, um, which we've been talking about tonight. So she does. She's um, she's very involved in that, and she also invites me across. And um, we're going to do a mystery experience in her home from the eighth to the tenth, non-residential, um, and you know people can help find places to stay and all of that. Uh, and that, I haven't been to the States for a while because my mum's been ill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't plan to come up to, to, to travel uh, while she was ill because um, I wanted to be here and, and look after her. So I haven't been to the States for a while. So it's really looking forward to coming back very soon, May the 8th. Uh, and there's still places for that. 
And then after that, I'm off to Spain, so that in uh, June, I'm in, in Alicante in Spain, in a beautiful venue in Spain. And then I've got a really special one, a uh, four-day retreat in Glastonbury, which is where I live. And for those that don't know, Glastonbury is a little mystical center full of mythology, and it's a, it's a magic little town, kind of crazy, but in a great way. Uh, well worth visiting. So what I've, I have a longer retreat because I find many people, like last year we had eight people come across from, um, from Australia, for instance, or, and some from the state, America came across. And, uh, because it, we have the afternoons off, so we together we can explore the locality and enjoy some rest time. And then we have these more intense mornings and evenings where we can really move through the process. Um, and so it's a, a, a retreat and a, a chance to appreciate the beauty of this magic place at the same time. So that's really nice. Um, and then in August, I'm, in the, I'm off to Bali, and it's going to be a six-day immersion, a mystery experience immersion in Bali. And I haven't been there before, but it looks gorgeous, beautiful waterfalls, and just got lovely. And there'll be the my hosts there are also laying on yoga and everything you want, you know, massage and and um, trips to uh, the local shamanic rituals and everything, the whole Bali experience. So that's going to be um, that's going to be really special. So I've got quite a few, you know, four four interesting months. And anyone who's drawn to what I'm doing can find out more about it on the website. And if they're or contact me if you have any questions. Uh, and if you're drawn to come, uh, you know, come because I'm I'm quietly confident that you'll be really, really pleased you did. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being with us today. I just I just love your shtick. Oh, well, thank you. It's <laughs> always a pleasure to talk with you. Um, such delight. And um, to connect through you with all the people that are, you are connected with yes. is an honour. Um, so thank, thank you. you. Okay.